episode of the runabout uh, this episode uh, just myself today doing a uh, recap of the 2023 Honolulu Marathon uh, the experience that I that I had out there this year uh, so just a quick summary uh, going into it I've done the previous two Honolulu marathons uh, last year my first being uh, first marathon under four hours and uh, both those races I had a really great experience they put on a really awesome event. A uh, ton of people, uh, awesome fireworks show in the beginning, course is fun, and of course the sights are great. And uh, so this year, uh, going into it, I uh, you know I told my wife that, you know, who's never done a, a marathon before, that if she wanted to do this race, that I would do it with her. And the reason we chose this one is because, one, it's local, and uh, two, is uh, they don't have a cutoff time, and they encourage people to come out and walk the course. And... Uh, Every year, they kind of do a little spotlight on the person who was the last person to cross the line. Uh, this year, being a gentleman, I believe, from Chicago, named uh, Andrew Sloan, finished in just under 17 hours. In fact, it was 16.59 and 39 seconds. And uh, I think it's great. You know, when I when I heard about this, this no cutoff, I thought it was fantastic because I love seeing people out there that you know maybe are a little discouraged about trying something like this because they don't feel they can get inside some of the cutoffs that some races have so this is this is great i thought it'd be perfect for my wife you know no pressure for her to um to get under a certain time we could just kind of go out there and you know it'd be be a long day but we'd still have have the the experience and uh so yeah that's what we did and um you know we got there gun goes off at five it probably took us about 30 minutes or so to get to the actual start line because of, you know, 15,000 people. Um, and then every time fireworks went off, I think there were like three rounds of fireworks. Every time they go off, half the people seem to s- kind of stop and take photos. And and uh, so we kind of trying to bob and weave and get our way just to, just to start the event. So we, so we started around 530 and kind of made our way. And first 10K just kind of walked with, the, you know, there's a secondary event going on. It's a 10K that ends at the same spot that the marathon ends right there at the Honolulu Zoo kind of area. And um, so we uh, we got done with the first 10K or so and just uh, probably just over two and a half hours or so. Um, and then we start our way up uh, the iconic Diamond Head. And uh, it's at this point you kind of start making two-way traffic with the other runners that are doing the marathon. And at this point, you know, it's about the three hour mark for, for these folks that were at the start is, you know, it's about 8am at this point. So starting to see some, some people, some faces that I recognize from, from the island guys that I run with and, um, on the trails out here. So kind of cool to see that. And, and, uh, you know, we start making our, our way through some of the neighborhoods there. And then we get onto this long, this long highway, this stretch, it's about five miles. Um, and it's, a, you know, it's a six lane kind of highway um you know not not a not a freeway but you know there's some stoplights and such but um three of the lanes all the eastbound lanes are shut down for the marathon so we have um about one and a half lanes to ourselves because it's uh, it's two-way traffic so we're we're heading out towards the, t- the town of hawaii kai which uh kind of marks the um 
about the halfway point. You know, I think you, you first roll into that area around mile 13 or so. And uh, so we make that turn. And, uh, you know, previous years, I always enjoyed making that turn because this is kind of when the uh, the winds, you know, the trade winds that are come from the east kind of start hitting you at the back and you have this nice tailwind and you're making your way back towards the finish line. You know, we, we're hitting, we're at uh, mile 18 when we make that turn back onto this this five-mile stretch of highway and uh, this is where the race got uh, became much different from previous years because you know at this point um, we're much further back than than I was in previous years and I noticed that uh, some of the age stations were getting minimized right because yeah the race they're all volunteers and the volunteers at these at this race is they're fantastic they're awesome and you know I understand that they can't be out there forever so some folks have to have to leave um, so some of the aid stations were getting a little bit smaller, um, not as much offered. I mean, the race, they, they promote water and Gatorade, you know, um, which is fine. You know, we had brought a few snacks with us, so we weren't too concerned about that. But, um, at one point we rolled up to an aid station and they were packing up their hoses. Um, so they only had about 40 or 50 cups of water left and, um, uh, there, you know, there were a good 500 runners that finished after us. So, uh, and I can understand, you know, if you're running the event, if you're running a, a marathon, an aid station every two or three miles is, is probably a little more than you might need. Um, I know that I could probably go about an hour or so without some water. So if I skipped an aid station, that's fine. But when you're walking the event and you're averaging two and a half to three miles per hour, if you, if you lose an aid station, uh, you're looking at two hours between water. And there were a lot of walkers out there that didn't have um, you know, I, I had brought a backpack with, um, about a 20 ounce water bottle just, just in case. And I'm glad we had brought that because, um, it would have been a, a struggle w- without it for sure. And, um, it was around this point too, where we, we started, um, and I'm not, not one to use this word lightly, but we were literally getting swept off the course. Um, so what was starting to happen at this point, Hawaii, Honolulu police department, HPD, was driving alongside so this these three lanes of eastbound traffic that we had on the way out they w- they wanted to clean them up and reopen them to traffic because it you know it's around noon or so and um so they were telling us they were driving right alongside us uh not you know within arm's reach on the loudspeaker uh saying get on the sidewalk get on the sidewalk uh, through their their loudspeakers and um i was you know i was kind of frustrated to be honest because I wanted the same experience that all the other runners had had um that had finished before us and so there you know there we, we get on the sidewalk of course uh I'm not trying to you know get into an altercation and uh and then the sweepers come up alongside and they are these two are within arm's distance they are actively sweeping the road uh the dust is uh pretty prominent and and, and at this point, there are still walkers coming in the opposite direction. They're still making their way out to Hawaii Kai. They're not even halfway done with this event. And they're being told to get on the sidewalk uh, with with people coming in the opposite direction. So there's not really room for all of us. It would, you know, Some of us would have to kind of step to the side, uh, maybe go into a driveway a little bit to let folks by. Um, and it was just frustrating to see because um, we didn't feel welcome. And it was at this point where, you know, my wife had made a comment about 
you know, not fitting the stereotype, you know, the stereotypical runner, right? The image that we all picture when, you know, these guys that are up in the front packs uh, finishing, uh, the people back walking typically don't look like that. You know, maybe, maybe they um, are disabled in a way, or maybe they just, they've never been a runner and they're at a point in their lives where maybe they're a little older and they can't really run the way that they would like. So they're out here walking because they want to be a marathon finisher. And it was at this point where I kind of started thinking about, you know, how these, these folks feel because I was kind of going through a, an experience that, you know, they probably experience this all the time and I'm just doing it, you know, experiencing it for a few hours, uh, on a Sunday afternoon. And it was frustrating because, um, everybody deserves to, to be a marathon finisher and to have a great experience at these events. Um, if, if, if this is something that they want to do and want to accomplish, then they should have, um, all the thing, all the things available to them that, uh, every other runner does. Um, so at this point, you know, we're a little over 18 miles and we're getting swept off the course and it's just, you know, it's kind of warmer out, uh, water is getting a little bit more scant and we're just, uh, kind of frustrated. And, and you know, my wife is starting to hit that wall that a lot of people experience, um, and, uh, but, but then we, you know, we turn off this, that stretch of road and there's some neighborhoods, uh, a neighborhood that you go through and there's a lot of really great people out there cheering you on, spraying you down with hoses. Um, and that kind of got us in a little bit better mood. And then we, uh, we made our way back up, uh, diamond head and got to the finish line and, and, uh, we got to mile 26. There's a marker that says mile 26. So we can see the finish line. It's in sight. And we hear the MC and the, and the DJ you know, playing music, announcing names of people as they come across where they're from. And, uh, and it's around this point when we're at mile 26, we hear the MC say, all right, folks, we're, we're leaving for the day that, you know, the finish line will stay open, but, uh, but, uh, we're all done with, with music and announcing. So, so by the time we got there, we, you know, we had, there wasn't the, uh, the fanfare that, that everybody, so again, it's something else, uh, a different experience than I had had the year before. And, and then, uh, at the finish line, you know, we get our finisher shirts. Uh, there was, uh, there was no no food, no, you know, one of the things that the race, uh, kind of promotes when you sign up is that there's a malasada at the finish line. You know, these malasadas are these great kind of puff pastries, uh, that they have here, uh, in Hawaii. And, um, there, there were none, which, you know, that's not the end of the world. That's not why I did the race. Um, but again, not the same experience that, um, everybody that finished before us had. Um, so, so the reason why I say this, I'm not trying to complain or, or get my money back or anything. I just, uh, it's just a call to the race directors to, to do better. Um, one of the things I love about running and, and what it's done for me is that, uh, it's given me a lot of confidence in, in what I can accomplish. It's taught me how to set goals and, and how to, uh, how to achieve those goals. And if there's somebody who you might look at and think, uh, oh, they're not a runner. Um, I mean, they, they are the most inspiring people on the course. Uh, I saw some people on Sunday who just, they, they made me want to be, uh, a better person. And th they are the reason why I, I love going to events like this because, um, they're out there against, uh, against, you know, society tells them that, uh, you can't do this. Um, so the, the willpower that they have, the determination they have, it's so inspiring, and uh, those are the people that we need to encourage. They should, 
they should have the same experience, if not better, um, than the folks that are finishing in three or four hours um, or, or even faster. So that's, that's kind of my message um, that I just wanted to share. Um, I know I don't have the biggest following, but uh, even if I could just get this out to a few folks and kind of just um, kind of share it. And yeah, hopefully somebody uh, that works with, with the Honolulu Marathon will hear this. Um, you know, I, and again, I understand it's, it's Honolulu. It's, uh, it's on a Sunday. It's the holidays. You have to open up roads. You have to, you know, volunteers have to go home. You can't have them out there for 12, 14, 16 hours. Um, but if you're going to actively promote that you don't have a cutoff and you could, you encourage people to come out and walk, um, then, then they should get the, the support that they deserve. All right. That's my recap for the 2023 Honolulu Marathon. I, uh, I hope to have my wife on in a future episode and get her thoughts on the race and, uh, training leading up to it and, and maybe some of her goals moving forward and, and kind of share that with you guys. Um, as always, I encourage you to leave a review uh, on whichever platform you get your podcast from. If you want to reach out to me at the runabout podcast at gmail.com, um, send me an email, ask some questions, maybe topics you'd like to hear about, or maybe if you're interested in, in sitting down and, uh, and recording an episode, I'd love to talk running with you. We can do it via Zoom or, or uh, maybe if you're here uh, in Oahu on vacation, we could uh, sit down for a chat. But anyway... I appreciate you guys tuning in and uh, take care.